Hey, hello everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys' take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, our special guest, Southern Grace Distilleries, so we are excited to have them on the show. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. He's 2016's Honorable Mention Father of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Mojo! How about you, buddy? Thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. How about you? Oh, living the dream, buddy. Living it. Hey, guys, you can find us on the uh, interwebs at www.southernfriedphilosophy. You can also find us at Instagram and Twitter at SFP Radio, and also on the Facebooks at Southern Fried Philosophy. So, uh, how you be doing this week, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. Uh, also want to introduce uh, Jeremy. He yep. is going to be our third wheel for uh, the next couple of months. So Back again. Check it, wreck it, let's begin. <laughs> Full effect. <laughs> uh, so, we just got off Valentine's Day. Uh, I had a hot... Smoking Valentine's Day uh, night you? with the wife. Where'd you order in from? Um, nowhere. Oh, we, we went and got Zaxby salad. How hey. romantic is that? <laughs> Zach attack. And then we've got. Uh, then we we had our taxes looked at. Uh-oh. Huh? Huh? I got mine back today. Is that, oh. So was that foreplay? <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody got screwed on that. And, uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. Uncle was Sam wasn't brought in. You're yeah. right. We had a trifecta on that one. Uh, and then. Uh, then we got home, watched the Kentucky game, which you can't say, you know, love about that. And then uh, she wrapped up the evening with uh, This Is Us and Me Going to Bed Early. Mm. How about it? Sounds like my exciting night, too. Yeah? Did you have it? Do you bring the heat? Man, 20 years, you know, you just... We celebrate Valentine's every day. Is that the cliche thing when you don't buy anything for Valentine's? <laughs> you just say, we celebrate it every day? Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's kind of us, man. We just, we try to remember each other each day but yeah valentine's I, my wife flew in from uh, arizona from a business trip so she didn't get here until like eight o'clock at night and of course she was uh pretty much uh airline drunk you know, from, <laughs> not from not from the mini bottles but from just uh traveling all day sure so, i understand that so brought her home and um i got her liquored up with some uh nyquil and, nice. uh, yeah because she was had a little cold and uh put her to bed so mm. that's pretty much it and me and, my, me and my oldest daughter we went to uh a taco Tuesday night at okay. the uh, local uh, taco eatery. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, that's was, that was pretty much it. Here's a joke. There, I'm just gonna leave it. You know, I worked so many Valentines in the in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. that you kind of just these holidays like that just kind of bleed into one another, but make you kind of sick too, just because. 16 years straight, man. I, I, all I did was just cook Valentines all day yeah. long. So mm. I don't miss that. I mean, I miss it because of the energy and the and the. Uh, Productivity, but right. you kind of see what the other, what the real world, the civilians are going through. So <laughs> it's kind of nice. Yeah, Jeremy, what about you? Uh, I mean, we're newlyweds, so yeah. So if, you know, listeners remember we were on mm-hmm. you know a few episodes back, and uh, we did basically the same thing as you guys. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you pulled the old married couple card. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we watched The Bachelor because we missed it on Monday. Okay, um, and uh, went to bed. She uh, she did want to watch The Walking Dead, and we would have if. Uh, you know, if the Kentucky game wasn't on, you can't. That's romance, right? I yeah. mean, ladies. you gotta get the two TV set up like I have. <laughs> you got... I, I'll show you that after. I've got two TVs on top of each other so that she can watch what she wants uh, on the bottom. I can have a game up on top. Oh my god, that's so you got amazing! The, so you got the sports bar going on, yes, sir. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Do you have, like, head, do you have like headphones or anything like that, or just no? Usually, when I'm watching sports, I leave it uh, without the sound because it's probably because you know... she made you. Gotcha. <laughs> I, I just hate the announcers. Some of those exactly. announcers yeah. are ridiculous. Yeah. But usually it ends up with me watching sports on one and playing video games on the other. So <laughs> There you go. Ms. Leanne, what would you do for Valentine's? Um, let's see. I was in prison. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we'll explain that a little in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my husband was really sweet. He had been to Spain a couple weeks ago, and Ooh. he had gotten me these beautiful... Mallorca Pearl earrings oh, and wow. woke me up with those. So that was very sweet. And we've been married almost 21 years. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 21 years. Yeah, he's what making a, it hard for the rest of y'all. Evidently so. <laughs> yeah. Evidently so. Yeah. I thought I was doing good just by picking my wife up. <laughs> not, not, not making her take an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. 
And uh, if you're just uh, if you're listening, and we've got Leanne, and she is with uh, Southern Grace Distilleries, and she will be joining us for the show. So we're gonna go ahead and you know at least let you know who you're listening to. That's right. This <laughs> so um, well, uh, we went through the Valentine's Day stuff. Let's talk about a little bit uh, of some wacky news that happened around the world. So um, here is my wacky news that I brought in. Uh, A Pennsylvania woman died Sunday morning, and this is not a laughing matter, but there's so many questions in this. A Pennsylvania woman died Sunday morning after her arm got stuck in a clothing bin donation, a a clothing donation bin, leaving her unable to call for help. Um, This woman, she, uh, Judith Permar, 46 Mount Carmel, went to drop off in the uh, town of Natalie around 2.30 a.m., uh, and she was discovered around 8.30 p.m. and pronounced dead at the scene. The uh, engine of her black Hummer uh, were still running, and bags were in, of clothes were still in, in the bin. The coroner reported that she died from blood force trauma to the head and hyperthermia. Um, so a- as they were actually doing some investigation, it looks like that she wasn't trying to put clothes into... Trying to get stuff out. They were, she was mm-hmm. trying to get stuff out, yeah, in, in the back of a Hummer. Um, she got her ha- hand stuck Stuck in. And she was on a uh, little uh, stepladder <laughs> to try to get the stuff out, and she fell, and she couldn't get out. She couldn't call for help. Couldn't do anything. Wow. I mean, good Dar- Darwin Award. Right there. <laughs> yeah, you would think. And the family's kind of mortified at that. She didn't think that they were. She was taking stuff out. They thought that she was putting stuff in. But like, what do you do with those clothes? Well, she probably she's probably a reseller, like on eBay. Oh, I you know you what? Money. That's probably a good yeah. call. How do you think she got that Hummer? She's doing that. You're right. Um, goodness gracious. So it, that is, if that's not a, a, um, call to have a medical alert bracelet on you, I don't know what is. What's crazy is that, um, this isn't a one-time a thing because if this was a one-time thing, they wouldn't have contraptions in there to stop you from stealing oh, yeah. it. Your arm wouldn't get stuck. Right. Like, it would just be like an open, there's stuff there that people donate, but people oh, yeah. just do it all the time. Oh yeah. Dollars to donuts. I bet you the family will sue. Oh yeah, the, uh, organization for oh, yeah. Know, for something for manslaughter. They'll be like contributing premeditated something. I guarantee you. They'll have to be like a quick release valve or something yeah. like installed on those things. Yeah, they're like a call button. You know. They're, they're, oh yeah. I guarantee you that will there will be That's some also. Yeah. I, let's let's you know get our, our, no, our nation real quick <laughs> and then see if we can get that going. Well, yeah. There's probably a website we can do that real quick. Mike Ross. <laughs> but I guarantee you that I guarantee you there'll be a lawsuit. Wow. That's a good point. Uh, anybody else have any some any wacky news? I've got an interesting little uh, little thing. Have, so okay. be honest with this now, yeah, all three okay. of you. Have you ever edited a Wikipedia page? I uh, I have not. No, no. My husband does it all the time. <laughs> love it, love it. You have? No, I have no. Never, wow. No. So uh, this is a new thing from that I found. Okay. Uh, this kid in England was going to um a, uh, to see a band. Um, let's see, what was the band? Uh, I don't even see it anymore, but uh, he's going to see a band, and he got in, crowd is packed. Okay. Could barely see the stage. So he's had a few uh, few whiskeys mm-hmm. and hops into Wikipedia, edits the Wikipedia page, saying that he is the cousin of the lead singer and inspired their hit song, <laughs> shows it to the bouncer, gets into the VIP uh, that's, section. That's pretty genius. Yeah. That's Got away with it. There's, uh, you know, on this article, and we can put it up on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. There's, um, you know, screenshots of his edit, like where he edited it, what time he edited it, everything, like proof that he did. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> so I thought that was a, a pretty good one. I am, I can go on the Wikipedia page and say I am like John Calipari's long lost son. <laughs> exactly. And I can get in all the Kentucky games. Right. Yeah, it was like great. It was the Sherlock's is who he, uh, he went to um, see. And in the band history, it says they released their first single, Live for the Moment, 2014, influenced by main vocalist... Uh, Kieran Crook's cousin Adam Boyd. Oh wow! <laughs> there you well, go. Proof, proof, proof enough, right there. Evidently, yeah. It's pretty I didn't good. think about that, but yeah, I guess you could just do that with anything. That's smart, huh? Good old. And people wonder why editing or why Wikipedia is not a good source for term papers. <laughs> I have edited a Wikipedia page before. Though, by the way, what was yeah. that one? I don't. I don't remember. I think it may have been like you know the Washington Capitals or something like that. But mm. it gets edited pretty back pretty quickly. 
Really? So you got the fact checkers out there? Oh, for yeah. The, the old Wikipedia? Oh, yeah. Snopes. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the old cat lady's doing it. Double check. <laughs> Discount double check. It's, well, it's actually Aaron Rodgers, right? That's right. <laughs> If you would have been in Israel yesterday for Valentine's Day. Oh, man, I missed it. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, you could have gone by Burger King after the hours of 6 p.m. <laughs> and uh, they were not only dishing out kids' Happy Meals, but they were also dishing out um, adult Happy Meals. Okay. Uh, part so of these are like bigger bigger burgers, kind more of sort fries. Of, yeah, kind of sort of that. Those well, things? These, uh, these meals come fully equipped. Okay. Um, they had two Whoppers. Oh, yeah. Two French fries. I'm about it. Two beers. Hello. And an adult toy. What? <laughs> so. That's good value. Yeah, yeah. The adult options for this right here were a feather duster. What are you going to do? Clean? Well, yeah. <laughs> that is an adult. That's like, a dang head, it. I got I to do A clean. head massager. Okay. And a, uh, or a blindfold. Wait, are so, we, what kind of head massager yeah, are we talking about? Let's stay away from that. It's, okay. uh, it's a little spider-looking thing it goes over your head. Those are so. actually really nice, right? You yeah, but like I, I didn't know that was classified head. as a sex toy, though. So, all I know is I wonder. Just you just need a little weird. imagination. That's right. <laughs> but all I want to know is, is that you got dog. you got the sex toy that you didn't want. Can you go trade it in for oh, an yeah. ice cream like like you do Chick Fil A with the kids? <laughs> or, or like if you decide, hey, I want to try out this blindfold while I'm driving. Probably not. A yeah, good idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably not going over too well. So, you got to give it up to uh, Burger King in Israel. Now, now, let's talk about that. So when you get home, like, do you say, hey, baby, look what I got you for Valentine's Day? A blindfold with like a little BK emblem on the on the side of it. Well, obviously you thought it out because there's two Whoppers in there. Yeah, you know? right? So yeah, you, and she's like, I thought you got Whoppers too. Yeah, no? yeah. So no, you, you're obviously thinking ahead of the game. This is your Valentine's special meal. Wow. So uh, unless you ate both of them on the way home, which I've done before. But, um, <laughs> but how cheap of a, of a date do you have to be to buy that? Shut up. I went to Zaxby's last night. <laughs> I didn't get anything for that thing. I got a salad. Were they giving away free sex no. toys? Okay. No, they wouldn't even give me crayons to color. Like, nothing. They charge you for extra dressing. They probably did. Probably so. Now, they they give you two packs of blue cheese dressing. Like, that's way too much, people. Like, you should not have two packs of blue cheese dressing. That's like almost like seven ounces, I think, of dressing. I mean, it's like a whole bottle. It's like, yeah. like pour it on there. Mm. That wouldn't be enough for me. No. Really? Listen, as my wife knows, she whenever she orders something, she's like, I need an embarrassing amount of sauce. Oh yeah, like sauce, yes. She but won't like go to dressing for a salad. No, mm. would you? Do you pour out an ungodly amount of salad dressing? So it's a little salad with a dressing. I was taking. I take salads to work sometimes because you know. Okay. You take dress. Leave. You take dressing to, work. Trying to take the uh, the baby. Trying to do off. a little bit better. And uh, I I go through a bottle in a week. Seriously. Holy moly! Four four salads because I have to go out once. Four wow. salads bottle a week. Nope. Sam, yep. Sam's Club size bottle. <laughs> Five gallon bottle. Yep. Wow. It's got a, it comes in the pump. <laughs> How many pumps is that per salad? You don't even want to know, man. <laughs> Do you still like carry a bowl of dressing and just dip your salad in it? Oh, yeah, that'd be a good call. Yeah, I should. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, this thing that's coming out now, and this is where uh, it's two guys take. Um, so there's a House Bill 69, ironically, uh, that uh, is out on the floor of, of North Carolina, the House Representatives. And this is facts are optional, so I'm going to give you what I think the bill says. Facts are optional. Yeah, is that pretty much news today anyway? Yeah, yeah. yeah. this is much. this is what I think it says. Now we encourage you to go and actually do the do your own investigation. But from what I understand, it's a concealed carry law in North Carolina that says anybody that owns a firearm can just carry around the, the weapon. Uh, and yeah, actually, actually carry today. So as long as you have a holster. We have an, we're an open carry state. There's only so many open carry states in right. the union. Um, you can, as long as you have a holster on your side, you can carry open carry handgun. Right. Um, but this one is specifically saying concealed carry. Yeah. You don't need a permit anymore. Just throw it in your car under your, you know, that's right. Shirt, and whatever. I'm sure. Well, except for maybe some of our, our northern listeners, but um, in most of the states, you have a, well, a CWP or concealed weapons permit. Mm-hmm. You have to actually go to a testing class. Right. Um, you have to shoot a target. You have to uh, a little bit of weapon. Well, I shouldn't say weapons training, but just a little bit of gun training, safety, things like that. And um, and knowledge of the law. Like you and, have to go yeah. through the process and like you can't carry what the a law bar. Says. Can't carry. You, know, you can't like. actually carry in a bar now. Yeah. You just can't drink. That's right. You can't carry in a school. <laughs> things right. like that. Yeah. Um, Hospital. Also, but they do an FBI background check too. Correct. So, um, this bill will uh, obviously eliminate that. Anyone who has a legal gun in their name should be able to carry. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the thing I actually read the bill, it was kind of 
Oh, that's that's a shocker. I give you like what I think it says, and you actually read the. Bill, no, it's so. just uh, actually a lot of the stuff they actually uh, took out was pretty amazing. But um, they're listing the things that you cannot carry as weapons. <laughs> right. So, so now keep in mind, you can carry a firearm, but you can't carry these things. You can't carry a uh, uh, a Bowie knife, a Bowie knife. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, because those things are like nine inches long. Well, um, speaking of a dirk, do you know what a dirk is? I, I have not. Okay, I'm not any idea. A slung shot. Not a slingshot, <laughs> but a slung shot. So it's that's a, a slingshot that's already been used. Yeah, is that, yeah I was about to say, is that, past, is that the past tense? You know? <laughs> so a slung shot. You cannot carry a loaded cane. Okay. I did not know that because I, I think one time I had surgery on my knee and someone bought me a, a, a cane with a dagger in it. So they were dealing riding dirty. So <laughs> metallic, knuck, metallic knuckles. Oh, okay. So no no yeah. uh, brass knuckles. What or, about like plastic or ceramic, or, or porcelain. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Here's my toilet. A razor. Hmm. And I, I, I wish like they would shaving razor? Like razor? Razor? Yeah, like razors, like Yeah, like Harry's razors, or the or the or the Razor Club, Dollar Razor Club. Not yeah. sponsored by you. That's right. Yeah. A shuriken. Do you know what a shuriken is? No. I do. What is that? A throwing star. You cannot carry Chinese throwing stars. I thought it was going to be a little person. To be honest <laughs> with you, I don't know what oh, it was, my. but I thought it was a little person. I have I, a ninja I, star. Do you? Can't carry it. You, yeah. It was made by a prisoner. It's in my shank collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We're gonna have to learn more about that. Stun guns. I didn't. I know you really. Yeah. So it, is it, it just concealed or like just? <laughs> you've got a holster with a stun gun. Well, on. hey, hey buddy. It says you cannot uh, willingly or intentionally carry these concealed. Wow. Okay. Concealed. So you can but, carry it just in case. Yeah, but you, you got a yeah. stun gun on your side. No yeah. way. He's got them in a pocketbook or a pocket. You know. So, mm-hmm. but uh. Yeah, so I guess where where do we where do we stand on this? So I brought um, now you are from Virginia, I, yes, yes. So you're going to be the Yankee of the group. That's <laughs> <laughs> Adam Virginia is the Yankee, but yeah. Well, they we I don't know if you knew this, but we actually wrote a, a house bill to have the Mason Dixon line actually move towards Raleigh because uh, anything above that is pretty much Yankee. True. Yeah, man, getting rid of the capital. <laughs> Getting rid of Richmond. You can have that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been it's been taken over. I'm sorry. <laughs> now we'll take Abington and Abington, Virginia, and Bristol. There you we go. Like that, so. Downton Abbey. Uh, all right. So what say you? So yeah, um, I obviously am a, a libertarian. If you've mm-hmm. listened to the other podcasts, um, and am very much a constitutionalist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this conversation with a friend uh, a few weeks ago, actually, who is pretty liberal mm-hmm. um but is also going to grad school as a constitutional major um wow. which is interesting that's to me kinda, yeah that's ironic anyway. yeah yeah so i asked him what his stance on guns was and uh i've got this be pretty quick um i've always been a staunch supporter of your right to have a weapon in your house having said that i've historically thought that having large caliber sheds of automatic weapons is asking for trouble uh the phrase i need to uh gun protect my family is a dipshit response to a question uh, that you really want to answer i like guns um now i've had that mind for years but recently especially with stronger interest and attention paid to the constitution i've been wavering Mm. this is where we get interesting Mm. uh and the sole reason for that is uh based on constitutional rights um it's your constitutional right to vote so i'm a strong believer that you don't need an id card to vote and if you strongly believe that you should not have Oh, you shouldn't have to pay or go through loops to use a constitutional right. Now, if I apply that to the same logic to the Second Amendment, I find myself in a hypocritical situation. Hmm. Okay, that's so, interesting. Constitutional right, right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have to go through, you know, jump through hoops and everything to do that. My only defense is that guns freaking kill people, and we should not have people with mental <laughs> our disorders. Vote, our, votes, our votes kill people, too. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting, that coming from someone who's... Uh, a little more on the left, but also has that strong study of the Constitution. Um, you know, would, yeah. would have that. It was surprising to me, but thought that was an interesting uh, little tidbit. Mm-hmm. Leanne, do you have any thoughts on on the subject? Um, I got into making liquor so that I could leave my former job, which was chief of staff to a congressman. And I worked at the White House, and I used oh to have to gosh. deal with all this all the time. Oh my gosh! You know what? I just make liquor now. <laughs> That's a good safer. answer. That's a great answer right there. Perfect. Mojo, any thoughts? Well, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, what? I'm, I'm for it. I mean, you're I'm, for, for, for for the House bill. Yeah, for the House bill because number one, um, in the Constitution, nowhere does it say you have the right to bear arms except, and that gives these reasons why. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I also think it's kind of a, a great blind assumption if you 
if you believe everyone could have the potential of carrying, mm-hmm. it could uh, knock down some of the tomfoolery out there where people think they're going to get out and whoop some butt, you know, for ro- mm-hmm. road rage or something like that. But anyway, I'm for it. I think it'll. Wow. Yeah. I, for someone who's been held up twice at my business and attempted robbery when I was driving, I'm all about it. So. Wow. So I'm going to be the uh, the naysayer on that. Really? <clears throat> yeah. I I don't believe that you should. Okay. Uh, I think that you should go through your background checks and that you should at least have any knowledge of what you should and shouldn't carry. Because if you just say, nope, you can carry, um, then you're going to have people that take them into schools where they shouldn't have them in there or, or the law. The, the law says you're not supposed to have them in school. So how are they going to know that? Because uh, the, the House bill still says you can't still take them into right. schools and where places like that. So there is, you've got to at least know their rights of, or where you can and can't take it. There are going to be jack tards that carry it and drink, you know, because they can. Um, and you've got a lot of people that don't have any training or any thought of the process of what, what could happen when you pull that trigger. At least when you go through the training, they say, hey, you know, you got to be mindful of not only pulling the trigger, but where the bullet's going to go. And you're responsible for that. These guys are just going to, it's going to, I'm afraid they could turn into the Wild Wild West. I do agree with your point of the more guns that people could have, that the less crime potentially could happen. I also agree with your point of the Constitution, but I also look at the safety of others and realize that that, that could be a bad thing. Well, I think if you look historically, though, is that anytime we, anytime we rely on the government to keep us safe instead of common sense and decisions, I think we make huge mistakes. For example, when when did all of a sudden they stop uh, allowing people to? When when did they introduce these concealed carry things? I mean, you know how? I, I mean, it's just like the Department of Education conversation. Like, well, we can't have education without the Department of Education. Not really. Nineteen seventy one is when they implemented right. this. Um, I think we had educated people before that. I mean, right. So I, I just I hate that we have to. I just don't like the fact that we we think we have to rely on the government to keep us safe. Yeah, and I can see the point. There'll right. be there'll be jack tards out there, but these are the same jack tards that are driving vehicles and operating lawnmowers. Right. Yeah, I mean, so but they're not in the bar like carrying and like you get in an argument with somebody and be like, oh, well, look what I can do now, and because they don't know the law, like jack tard, you're not supposed to bring yeah. it in here. Well, statistically, also if you look at if I can't remember if I think it's the FBI.gov website um, statistics where it shows that the towns that you have higher concentration of gun ownership you have sure. less crime and i agree with yeah. that point but yeah. if it's just anybody gets to, to throw one in their pocket then that's gonna be a problem I think. well but once again it's is it your right or a privilege i think that it's a a right but at least go through the classes to make sure that you understand what those yeah but that, those laws yeah are. i understand but that's kind of almost making it a privilege you know because no. you're, you're having to go through it to get the privilege of carrying it asking permission to use yeah. the right Okay. I, that's just, I mean, that's, yeah. my two, that's my two cents. But, I understand And that. I understand what you're saying because, trust me, there's. I would hate for my 13-year-old daughter to carry because I can't even trust her to put her glasses <laughs> back up in the correct place. You know, you know what I'm saying? But, right. Um, anyway, right. Thanks, for, thanks for letting us talk about this because yeah. uh, I think it's, I don't know how far to go. I mean. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And what's inter- one of the, the guys that brought it in to uh, fruition is from Concord. So, oh, yeah, I, I didn't see that. Uh, and we Representative just, Larry Pittman. And we just had, of course, we have a, a new Democrat, a Democrat uh, uh, governor, so right. he starts to go to hit across his desk to sign, and I don't yeah. think he would. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will uh, have our guest, Leanne, with Southern Grace Distilleries. Uh, really excited about picking her brain on, on making some shine. And <laughs> so we'll be back. This is Southern Fried Philosophy. sun went down and then you fill him a jug and he'd pass it around mighty mighty please him pack his corn squeeze white lightning 
If you know me bigging at all, you know that I'm crazy about Kentucky and bourbon. So what happens when you throw coffee beans in a bourbon barrel is pure magic. I stumbled upon Kentucky Nose Bourbon Barrel Coffee a few years ago during a trip to Lexington, and it was love at first sip. From the heart of a true craftsman comes the unique combination of coffee and bourbon. Do yourself a favor and check out KentuckyNose.com to get the finest bourbon barrel coffee the bluegrass has to offer. That's Kentucky, K-N-O-W-S dot com. Or you can check out the sponsor's link on our website. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. I want to welcome our guest today. She is from the Southern Grace Distillery, which is a white lightning American corn whiskey white something. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Leanne Powell, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. Well, this is North Carolina, if you know about our podcast. And uh, this is the where moonshine and white lightning and liquor really got to start us here in western north carolina tennessee so um i thought it was on the tv show no <laughs> it started a little bit before that okay so, yeah. gotcha so, but uh, as, as long as there's been taxes there's been whiskey being made illegally i guess well so. even before that because i've watched boardwalk empire yeah that's true that's true there you go prohibition <laughs> so um Get us started. My, my microphone's acting up here. That's okay. So, uh, yeah, Leanne, Southern Grace Distillery is located in Mount Pleasant, uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina. So uh, tell me the story. How did it get started and why here? Why in Concord and Mount Pleasant? Well, I'm originally from Cabarrus County, okay, so that's so that why helps. it's here. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, my partners and I decided, decided to start it in um, late uh, 2013. Um, it was actually, if you've ever seen one of our Sundog 130 bottles, you've seen the picture of the dog on there, Mia. Um, my business partner, Tom, his sweet, sweet dog, Mia passed away. And Mm. it was the same week that a very dear friend of mine, um, Colonel Hector Henry, who was a doctor here in Concord and Concord city councilman, he passed away that week too. And we had one of those conversation that best friends sometimes have where, you know what are we doing with our life we both had been working in politics um and had decided that I was done with that and he had always wanted to make liquor and I had had been involved in politics almost 30 years before that wow. and you know I wanted to change careers and the one thing that I'd sort of taken through my career was a love of American made products okay and wanting to bring jobs back to our area no china well you know (laughs) we decided on this because you can only make american whiskey and you can only make bourbon Mm -hmm. in america so these are jobs that hopefully we're creating that'll never be exported awesome well until the chinese or the japanese buy you (laughs) (laughs) sundog well it is true right like there's a lot of uh like jim beam and Buffalo Trace are all owned by the Japanese. Um, a number of them are, yeah. Centauri, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Um, but they still have to make it here. They do. So yeah. They do. Yeah. So, and then our barrels are made here. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think about it, the uh, distilled spirits industry, just through the industry itself, um, mm-hmm. is a big economic engine. And, of right. course, um, we also pay a lot of taxes and help <laughs> put a lot of kids through school and help That's pave those roads and do our part. Oh goodness gracious! What, a, what an amazing story! The last few years, though, with um, the, the the micro craft breweries and also the small batch um, booze shops. I mean, you guys are no one are producing top shelf quality products. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the the bottom barrel raw gut whiskey of our of our youth. <laughs> so, but it's, I mean, it's good stuff. Like it you said, is. it's also employing local people, too. Well, and a lot of folks don't realize the difference between something that's craft distilled and something that's more mass-produced. Right. And basically the difference is if you're mass-producing something and making thousands and thousands of gallons of it a day, you're basically running a refinery. And there are some fine refineries, and I very much enjoy their products. <laughs> I'm not giving them a hard time. <laughs> but when you craft distill, you know, our distiller sits at the still in front of the still. And he evaluates every gallon by gallon that comes out, taste, smell, how it looks, to make sure that only the best stuff ends up in the bottle. So it's it's a um, uh, it's an art. It's yeah, actually true. an art. It's really and true and it's, it is. And so you know when you open one of our bottles, you're you're getting something that a lot of personal 
blood, sweat, and tears and labor has gone into. Um, if you've seen one of our Sun Dog 30 bottles, you see big, crazy written red letter, red numbers <laughs> with the bottle number and the batch number, and that's my handwriting. Oh, wow. As the president of the company, I help I oversee, help bottle, and I write every one of those numbers on and wow. examine every bottle before it gets out. Holy cow. That's so. crazy. <laughs> I didn't think about all that stuff. Yeah. We have a good time. So how did it start? Like, like, what was it? Like, how did the, the actual distillery stuff start? Well, we were told that it would take about three years and about a million dollars to be able to get one product to market. Um, this was in January, um, beginning of February of 2014. Wow. Um, we checked on how to get licensed and the way you get licensed to, to start a distillery in the United States is you actually have to have a location. You have to build a still, you have to get everything in place and then you can apply for your federal license after you get your federal license. Then you can apply for your state license. And again, that makes perfect sense that it'd take about three years to do all that. Wow. We had our location March 1st. We had the still built and everything ready to go and filed our application June 30th. We were licensed September 8th. We turned on our still October, I think, 14th. Wow. Um, and we were on the shelves February 19th. So wow. we did oh, it in, we did it in 11, about 11 months. Wow. So for far less than a million dollars in about 2,200 square feet, the back of, um, plant nine, old Cannon Mills plant nine, the Warren C. Coleman building. Thankfully things went well and people liked it. And we got on the shelf in DC almost, um, immediately, um, in North Carolina, we got picked up in South Carolina and we needed more space. So we started wow. looking for a new location. Um, the folks in Mount Pleasant had had three mills closed. They had had the old prison closed. They, the town of Mount Pleasant is 1,400 people. So all of those customers that had been corporate customers buying their water, all that, helping prop up the system, were now gone. Mm. So the water rates were going sky high on the residents there. So they were looking for industry to come in that used a lot of water. And <laughs> by God, we use a lot of water. <laughs> so they um, wanted us to come look at some of their, their old mills. And one of the guys there said, I've got this crazy idea. Do you want to go see the prison? So we all jumped. The mayor drove us around in the church bus. Um, it, of course, every Southern story starts with the mayor driving you in a church bus to prison, right? We need that story. <laughs> and they took us, and our product is Sundog 130. And um, we pulled up to the to the front. There's a little white house that used to be the warden's house when <laughs> when the prison was started. And the number for the address is there, and it's 130 Dutch Road. Oh wow! And I saw that, and I was like, Oh my lord, I'm in love. So <laughs> wow. So anyway, um, we looked around, decided we just loved it and thought it would be a great fit it took us about a year actually a little over a year to get the state to put it on the um surplus property list get it appraised we mm. worked with partners to get it purchased and moved in and we were in by the october race we moved in september 1st and we were open for visitors october 2nd wow well, Mojo and I took the uh, the haunted tour, yes. so we'll talk about Prison that. Prison After Dark. Listen, it's, it's a beautiful. I mean, it's a rustic, beautiful facility. <laughs> I mean, it's an I mean, an old prison, and like I was telling Leanne earlier today or a little while ago, is that it's hard to believe that people actually were in prison there less than five, six years ago. I mean, right. because you know when we seen it, it was just. I think at their peak, they had people triple stacked, quadruple stacked the monks. I mean, it was just. I can't imagine the crowd yeah. in this. In the heat. And it looks like it's from The Walking Dead. Mm. Like it's, you know, at least when we were there. Of course, we were at night, so we didn't see a whole lot. Yeah, but, but uh, it, had that, it had that same feeling, though. I mean, it, just, yeah. and it just, that, I'm sure there's so much history there, too. You know, from, uh, like, the bullet, the bullet. Uh, In the, the doorway. Yeah, the doorway yeah. and things like yeah. that. So, just some unique history there. But there yeah. are great stories and um, I hope y'all come do one of our day tours sometime sure. and see our film where we talk about all the ways um, dogs sort of fit into the history of that prison. Huh. Um, it was one of the first places in North Carolina that inmates actually took dogs that were set to be euthanized and started training them. Oh, wow. um, because that prison had done such a great job training their hound dogs over the years, their bloodhounds, and their bloodhounds from that prison were used all throughout the Piedmont if there was a lost child or some need for a bloodhound it wasn't just for chasing prisoners they would use the bloodhounds from hmm. there so that's pretty cool yeah kind of cool hmm. history yeah 
No doubt. And of course, we've made history because we're the first distillery in a former prison in the United States. There's only one other one in the whole world. It's in Belfast in Ireland. Wow. Oh, wow. So. That is really cool. I have to scratch off my bucket list to go to the other one now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I want to go. You nailed it. Take a, take a whole uh, crew trip. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's do it. What has been uh, in the process, like the hardest thing or the, the most difficult thing that you've had to come through or overcome? Um, I would probably say it would have to be the federal and state bureaucracy from time to time can be challenging. <laughs> but um, again, in my former life, I was accustomed to having to cut through some red tape. So I've, I've taken those lessons and tried to work my way through. You pulled out that blackmail file? <laughs> no, no, no. But, but um, no, don't talk about that. Russian hackers. <laughs> <laughs> but if, um, you know, like when we were in downtown Con- in Concord, when we were at the old mill, we had a tasting room that we had set up in downtown Concord. Concord because that followed federal law. According to federal law, your tasting room cannot be in the same building that you are distilling in. Okay. North Carolina law says your tasting room can't be anywhere but in the same uh, building. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Imagine we that. actually had to construct a wall and get an architect to separate the building where we have our distilled spirits plant is now a different building than the solitary confinement where you, y'all did your tasting when you came to oh, visit. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's amazing how... Uh, Federal law contradicts state law and vice versa. You know, <laughs> bless quite, their qu- hearts. quite often. Bless yeah. their hearts. Yeah. Bless their hearts. If you're if you're listening out there, any government bureaucrat from the uh, uh, any kind of type of commission, bless your heart is an insult in the south. <laughs> <laughs> moron. So, what's been the the greatest accomplishment so far? You, you know, um, I'm really proud of our new product that we have. It's called Sundog Pink Lemonade. Yes, ma'am. Everybody who's tried our 130 knows that the 130 is for the proof. It's 130 proof. Spicy. Folks were, (laughs) yeah, but we've won two gold medals. We're very proud of that. Um, But as we look at, as we were looking at it, and folks were saying that they like a lower proof product, and we knew we wanted to do a flavored product, it took a long time to put one together because the way it's done in this industry is you put a bunch of sugar mm-hmm. with a bunch of low, you know, subgrade um, liquor, and then you throw some chemicals in that that smell like or taste like whatever flavor it is. <laughs> Nailed it. It it's terrible. Right. <laughs> and you put I a bunch of color in. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you put a bunch of color in that sort of thing, and not that there aren't good products out there, but the majority are like that. We literally had to go to Washington State to a company called Northwest Naturals to find somebody who could help us do a fresh frozen concentrate that they flash freeze that the color for our pink lemonade is actually done with raspberries and it's actual real lemons in the lemonade. Imagine that. (laughs) Um, And it's not a ton of sugar. In fact, we could have been classified as a cordial. Um, if we had added more sugar, but you know, I figure if you want it sweeter, add some Sprite or, right. you know, <laughs> there you go. Put it with some sweet tea. <laughs> right. But, um, but so yeah, anyway, a, I'm really cranked up Arnie Palmer right there. Isn't, oh, yeah. it? Isn't that awesome? I think they call that a John Daly. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's one a, thing. A I, Ford. <laughs> I can't say like, I can't say those words together. Like I get all tongue tied. What's that? Arnie Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife makes fun of me all the time. She's like, what do you want? And I'm like, you know what I want. Just order it for me. Like, say it. Arnold Palmer. See, like, it just it doesn't come out right. Well, now you say a sun dog, pink lemonade and tea. There I'll say that. Yes, there ma'am. And, and I don't want to, to be or sound hypocritical. We had a couple of uh, shows ago. We had... Um, addiction expert. Addiction expert who talked about alcohol and how it's like mm-hmm. the number one uh, addiction, addiction yeah. that, that people have to deal with. And... and from our point of view, like I, I enjoy bourbon, nobody can deny that. I just don't take it to the extreme and just get liquored up. So if you're listening to the show and like you guys are just yeah, hypocrites, don't, don't misconstrue, and, yeah, right. I mean, their product is really good, um, but uh, like with everything, it's yeah. in moderation. We like food, but we don't endorse buffets. <laughs> Actually, I do. Or marathon buffets. marathon buffets. There you go. Yeah, no, that probably not. Well, and an important component of our company is we know that, that there's some bad side effects to mm-hmm. to people who overindulge in drinking. As you said, it's overindulge in anything. Mm-hmm. But 
we have made a concerted effort to give back to the community through our sales. Um, Send Dog 130, we make a contribution to animal shelters for every bottle we sell. Um, For the Pink Lemonade, we make a contribution to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Nice. Um, We're going to have an apple come out, um, Habitat for Humanity for that one, various ones. Um, Our bourbon, when it comes out, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to do something that has to do with environmental um, farmland preservation, something along those lines where we're looking over um, folks now. So, or, or my retirement fund. Well, <laughs> there's that. that. There is that. Because <laughs> um, I'll be drinking a ton of it. In moderation. <laughs> in moderation. In moderation. Yeah. Exactly. So, you, don't, you don't have to call Mackie on that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, That's I really understand cool. what you're saying, and we certainly we, we endorse that. And it's really responsible. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. I think it probably even says it on the bottle somewhere. Right? It certainly does. There you go. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah, if, you, if they don't drink responsible, then you don't have a return customer, so obviously oh, yeah. we want you to cycle through again. <laughs> so, otherwise, you might end up in, you know, I had a heart transplant, so you might end up on the donor list quickly if you keep drinking. Oh, uh, does that help? Probably not, uh, right? probably, it probably helps like people like me that need a heart oh. <laughs> or needed a heart. Gotcha. Yeah. So what's the 10-year plan for Sun, Sun Dog? Well, for Sun Dog, we have our Sun Dog 130, which we want to be expanding to other states. Okay. We just got licensed in Louisiana, so nice. we're looking forward to going there soon. Okay. We're even thinking about going up north to Wisconsin. Uh-oh. They're the number one drinkers per really? capita in the United States. Gotta they, stay warm somehow. They like Southern spirits, oh, so I enough. think that's a good thing. Um, we'll be rolling out, um, we've already rolled out the pink lemonade. Mm-hmm. We'll have a caramel apple dumpling coming oh, no. for the fall. Yes, ma'am. Um, and then after that, a pineapple. Mm. And we've got actually a hundred proof product that'll be coming out. Zero dark 130 mm. that honors the military. That's really and cool. we're making contributions to, com- to, um, nonprofits that help, um, military families for, for the first year. It's going to be the North Carolina USA. Very cool. And um, and then we got our bourbons coming. We've we've got some some baby barrels um, brewing some bourbon right now. Mm. Um, now they're ten gallons. <laughs> they're ten gallon barrels. So they age at about three times the speed of the big fifty three ones. It's it is crazy. Um, but you still get the deep, very traditional. You know, it's not like the folks that you know put, put ultraviolet light on it right. or. You know, put sound waves through it or whatever. Have to... you thought about putting it on a, a shipping cargo and letting it go around for 70 days and then... You know, we were thinking about putting it on, like, the Rocky River or the PD <laughs> <laughs> on somebody's on somebody's <laughs> fishing boat. Yeah. Exactly. How how awesome would that oh be? Oh, my God. There's a, Jefferson's does that. And it's like... The sea. Yeah, yeah, it is insane. Like, really, all Like, anything you can think of. Yeah. Extra step. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So That's we're really so cool. we'll be having that bourbon come out, um, hopefully by Christmas, assuming it's ready. And then uh, we've got our our big barrel bourbon that will be mature in about two and a half to three years. So what's the rule for bourbon versus to be a bourbon American white corn whiskey? Is that well, right? Did I do it right? Our yes, our yes. recipe for our small batch American white whiskey <laughs> um, is eighty eight percent corn, twelve percent malted barley. Okay. To be a bourbon, you have to be fifty one percent corn. Check. Um, you have to age in a virgin American oak white barrel. Hey, buddy. That has been charred. Mm-hmm. And it there actually isn't for just to be bourbon any time. Um, okay. statement that has to be associated with that unless you're a straight bourbon. If you're a straight bourbon, it has to be at least two years. Okay. Um, and then you also have to um, age it, and I believe it's between 75 and 110 proof. And mm. we've gone into the barrel at 100.1. Mm. Nice. So, And yeah. you can't do anything to the water, too, right? Like you can't add anything. Right. I mean, there, there are people that do rectify and mm-hmm. put stuff in, you know, put in chips and put in inserts right. and that sort of thing. You, If you do that, you have to put that as part of your recipe. Yeah. But ours is just, you know, it's our white whiskey that we've put some purified water in to get it down to the 100 proof, and then we stick it in the barrels. Yeah, and it, it really is good stuff. As, as a semi-connoisseur, like, it's really smooth. You guys, I mean, we're having, we may or may not be having some right now. <laughs> so... What do you guys think? Your your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm not uh, much of a whiskey uh, drinker, but I uh, went back for seconds. Um, and I'm out loving this. I'm gonna, definitely going to be picking some up. Nice. Very that cool. is a nice compliment. Thank you. 
Yeah. It's first time we tasted it at the uh, the prison was great. Second time was even better. So. <laughs> Yeah, we, we bought some uh, lemonade and uh, brought it back to the house, and we enjoyed that. Did after you? The, after Good. the tour. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad. Yes, ma'am. All right, so we're going – any more questions? Do you guys have questions? Just curious, how many, uh, you know, when you first started, how many employees did you start out with, and how many do you have now? Well, it was just the the three original partners okay. working there to begin with, um, and now it is myself. We have um, a full-time distiller. Uh, we have five part-time salespeople. We have four part-time tour people, and then we have a fermentation specialist. So you so, guys, are, and yeah. we're hoping to grow even bigger. Yeah, well, I'm sure once you come out with your other products and stuff like that, and you'll yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we find we need more help. So, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's so it's where a do good I put thing. In my <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> you full, can see me later. Full-time yeah. taster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be a good one. So, uh, any advice or or words of wisdom to someone who is interested in not necessarily opening a distillery, mm-hmm. but opening a business for the first time, you know, you need pearl, pearls of weird, <laughs> pearls of wisdom. Yeah. Perseverance. Just, you know, keep, make sure that you've planned it out well, make sure that you are capitalized to a point that you can actually do whatever it is you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, just persevere. Just don't let anybody tell you no. And by the way, we've had a cool thing that was announced today. I don't know okay. if you guys saw it on Facebook, but Cabarrus Brewing has actually um, gotten our first barrel, our our test barrel that we did our first bourbon in, oh, and wow. they're they're starting a um, to age some beer in oh, our bourbon barrels, nice. and they'll be doing that. Very going. Nice. So we're That's really awesome. proud of our our friends at, at Cabarrus Brewing and glad to be partnering with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Upcycle barrel. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> so uh, for my bachelor party, we actually went to a distillery um, up in uh, or out in Nashville. Uh-huh. And um, uh, we went to, you know, tasting stuff like that. Do you, what do you guys do? How does your tastings work? Um, yeah. You have stuff like that going? Yeah. Um, you can go to whiskeyprison.com <laughs> and book a tour every Friday and Saturday. We do tours at 1230, 2 and um, 3.30. And then the second Friday of every month, we have Food Truck Friday, and we do tours during that. And then at 7 p.m., we do our After Dark tour. Um, I think we've only got eight spaces left for March 10th. Those sell out really quickly, but we we hope folks will come see us. Awesome. And that's where you go around and you see if the, the prison is haunted. Yes. Right? So, <laughs> and you said there actually is some, there, somebody and, did a video. And yeah, like somebody a, did a video. It's it's up on Facebook yeah. with, um, it was like a shadow walking into a wall when the building was empty. Oh, wow. And we've had folks out apartment. with the little meters and mm-hmm. there are certain places that everybody's meters seem to keep going. On. Sam and Dean from Supernatural were out there kind of <laughs> demon hunt. Yeah. But I'm really finishing. happy that the little meters never go off in manufacturing in my <laughs> office. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. What's the 10-year uh, plan from now? Where do you guys see yourself? I think we'll be throughout the Southeast and maybe national by then. Nice. Yeah. And I'll be employed by you. <laughs> Fantastic. Or at least sponsored by you. Right. That'd be great. And by the way, I'm so happy that you guys are associated with Kentucky Nose. Right. I love Tony. It's just it's such a great company. In fact, we sell his barrel char. Right. Um, we need his, you to his get grilling char in our store. That coffee, because that coffee yes. is legit. It's so yes. good. Right? I'm going to get that coffee yeah. my next order. I, I think I'm do. down to two grilling chars. I'm going to get coffee the next time. It's amazing. Yeah. You brought something back for me uh, when you came back from Kentucky. It was so That's good. That's what I do. I order, have to do orders <laughs> and then, like, you know, bring them on I back. I mean, just smelling it. I oh. mean, you don't even – and I'm not a real coffee drinker, but I love his coffee. Mm-hmm. And he has different flavors and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, please, I would love it if you could do, like, freight shipping to <laughs> that would make my job a whole lot easier. We'll have to do that. <laughs> all right. So, we're going to play a little game, if you're okay. okay with that. It's called 10 and 1. I'm going to ask you 10 questions and try to do it in under a minute. Good luck. All right, so we're going to do our best on that. All right, you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, so Southern Comfort or Amazing Grace? Southern Comfort. Uh, what's your favorite brand of coffee? Um, It would be Kentucky Nose. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, if you were in a zombie apocalypse, where would you go? My prison. <laughs> Moonshiners or Honeymooners? Honeymooners. Best place to get a drink? Um, Downtown at Allen's Bar at, at Union Street Bistro. Okay. Uh, what's the last TV show that you binge watched? Um, 
That would probably be scandal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have a talk about that. I thought that. you said you retired at DC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you looking forward to most in 2017? Um, caramel apple dumpling and my mm. bourbon. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, and then uh, Buffalo Trace or Woodford? Uh, Woodford. Favorite childhood memory? Um, growing up in downtown Concord. Nice. And what is your spirit food? Ooh, it's a biscuit. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Thank y'all. You Thank married. you so much. <laughs> oh, goodness. Listen, can you just stay on the show? Because your voice just makes everybody <laughs> melt like butter. It's right? like pancakes, syrup, and butter. Y'all are too kind. Right what if you did a pancake in a biscuit? I'm just saying. Let's, let's think about that. All right. Well, thank you so much thank for being you. on the show. It, it was, was such a pleasure. great time. Come back and see us. Oh, yes, we definitely will. Anything, any last words of wisdom? You gave out your uh, your website. Can you give that out again? Sure. And some Whis- social media stuff like that? Yes, yes. Whiskeyprison.com. Or you can find us at southerngracedistilleries.com. And on Instagram, we're southerngracenc. Same on Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook at Southern Grace Distilleries at Mount Pleasant Prison. Very cool. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank Things you. that you guys learned from the show. Any parting tips? Uh, about the aging times, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I guess I probably could have looked it up. But, <laughs> you know, just some, some things you just don't think to look up. So that was I learned that, and then uh, let's see what else. Um, you know what I learned? I learned that during when we have a, a guest, Jeremy should not wear s- sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Or open toe shoes. <laughs> yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> I, I learned that Leanne's like the third person I know in all of Concord is actually from Concord. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good that, call. that never happens. So. Yeah, I learned that I should not try to take clothes out of a clothes clothes <laughs> Clean, yeah. center. Yeah, yeah. I, I learned that, that uh, there is a whiskey I like. Oh yeah, that's, and that's probably... I like it a lot. <laughs> Just so we're on the same page. <laughs> you know where they don't have that whiskey. No. Just leave that there. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. And thank you. Uh, this is Southern Fried Philosophy, and I hope you had a great time. And as always, keep it rolling. Hell of life.